and welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a magical day, magical week. Hope everyone's doing well. We're back with another episode. I I hope you enjoyed the last one. The last one was a, a lot of fun to make, uh, put a lot of time and effort into that one. Um, if you missed it, it's available pretty much everywhere. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor, pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcast, it's available. It was all about your perfect day at Disney World. Got a lot of positive feedback from you guys on Instagram. You know, those those types of scenarios, um, you know, they're always fun to do. Um, not just like based on Disney, but just in general, like these fantasy scenarios, like what would you do if, or, you know, what would you do if you won the lottery, stuff like that. Like for me, what I've always enjoyed kind of thinking about and, and, uh, you know, talking about is my ideal day, my most perfect day at Disney World. If I had complete control over, you know, the time of year, what day, where I stayed, what, you know, what I was going to do, you know, what would that perfect day look like? Um, spent the last, you know, podcast talking all about that, uh, and it's fun to do. And of course, at the end, we hear about all, all of your perfect days, which is always great. Um, a lot of us think the same, like I've always said. Um, what I liked reading too, is some of you guys sent in like your perfect day at Disney was like, you know, in 1998 or before, uh, you know, the genie fast pass or before, you know, the crowds are insane. Like, it's always fun to think about, you know, going back in time and experiencing uh, Disney World at a different time. I've no, I, I know I've talked to you guys, you know, uh, some of you guys on Instagram about that personally. You know, going back to like opening day or the '90s. You know, it's it's always fun to think about stuff like that. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. If you're a new listener, welcome. I hope you enjoy the show. I'm going to be talking about Disney. I'm going to be. Uh, probably making jokes about myself or my family or my love of coffee. Uh, it's just kind of what I like to do here. It's all about fun. And if you can do me a favor, if you're not already, follow me on Instagram, Disney World Today. And if you can, check me out on my Apple Podcast page. If you click on it, it'll take you to my homepage. There you can leave me a rating and a review. Uh, I'd appreciate any five-star rating. And if you leave me a review... I love reading those, and I'll give you a shout-out on the very next episode. Today's episode is going to be fun as always. I have my handy-dandy notebook next to me full of uh, information, what I'm going to talk about. Today's episode is all about Disney 3D shows, or should I say 4D? I'm going to, call, I'm going to refer to them as 3D shows. Um, I know Disney likes to you know call them 4D because they you know include you know, special effects that are actually like physical, like water and stuff like that. But the best, my favorite, the history of Disney 3D shows. And yes, I did say notebook. I'm old school like that. Uh, I don't like sitting and typing on a laptop. I want to sit down pen to paper. There's just something about it. Uh, I write down all my notes on, uh, you know, my my topic for the day and what I'm going to say and stuff that I don't want to forget. So I'm old school like that. If you haven't noticed, I'm kind of old school in general when it comes to Disney. And then, and now you know, also taking notes. So I think that that about wraps up this intro. This is a short one. No rants for me today. Let's just jump on into it. Here we go. 
Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. All right, let's talk some Disney 3D shows. Now, before we get into the actual attractions, gotta say, like, 3D nowadays, I feel like, has lost, um, you know, maybe some of the, the magic, some of the luster. Uh, you know, I'm of the age and the generation, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of you guys listening can relate, where, you know, growing up as a kid, like, the only place you could see a 3D show of any kind was at an amusement park you know for me going to disney world like 3d shows it was insane it was it was new it was like this crazy technology you couldn't believe and guess what like the only place i could see a 3d show was at disney world was muppet vision and some of the other shows where you know nowadays every single movie it seems like that that gets released in theaters you can see in 3d we have 3D TVs, and you can buy 3D Blu-ray, you know, movies and watch them in, in your home. Now, that started to change, um, you know, maybe in the in the late 2000s. They started releasing movies uh, in 3D. The, the one I think that kind of changed it all uh, was Avatar when uh, when that was released, because uh, you know everyone was saying, "Oh, you have to see it in the in the theaters with the IMAX and the 3D." just to get the the whole experience uh but for me uh you know i would say even pre-avatar it was uh <laughs> it was spy kids 3d was was the one um i remember me and my sister we uh we asked for it for christmas and it came with it was a dv it was a regular dvd and it came like it came with those um those old school 3d glasses which were like made out of paper <laughs> or cardboard and had like one red lens and one blue lens, uh, and it was supposed to give the effect of certain scenes being in 3D. And I remember it uh, being very disappointing, even as like a, a 12 or 13 year old, however old I was. But you know, so just put that in the context. Uh, if you're a younger listener or you know didn't uh, you know get to experience the 3D attractions in their heyday, um, just just let's keep that in our thoughts there. That back in the day, it was a big deal. To have a 3D show. And for, for today's episode, we're going to be strictly talking about the 3D show attractions. So, uh, you know, the actual attractions where you just sit down in a theater and watch a show. So we're not going to be counting, you know, rides like Toy Story Mania, Star Tours, um, you know, physical rides that move. We're not going to be talking about today because, you know, I feel like the, the 3D show um, deserves uh, an episode all by itself because... Um, you know, in the future, I, uh, you know, I don't know if they'll be around forever, whereas it seems like these new 3D attractions like Flight of Passage and um, some of the newer ones, uh, it kind of seems like those are the rides of the future. So we're going to be talking strictly 3D shows. We'll talk about some of the extinct attractions, the history of the 3D shows at Walt Disney World, and then I'll go over the current ones. Obviously, there's, you know, not that many. Mickey's Philhar Magic, It's Tough to Be a Bug, and Muppet Vision 3D. 
And I guess I'll uh, briefly cover uh, at Epcot the Disney Pixar Short Film Festival in 3D. You know, I, I think I've only seen it once a few years ago, and I, I kind of just skip it now. Um, it just kind of seems like a filler attraction. And uh, honestly, I don't really count it as one of the 3D shows. Um, you know, obviously the other three were built specifically to be 3D show attractions, original stories and stuff. And, you know, this one, they just they kind of threw together some short films and uh, made it 3D to kind of, uh, you know, draw some crowds away. So, so we might as well start there. And what used to be there before the Disney Pixar Short Film Festival, if you guys remember, Captain EO, starring Michael Jackson, was there in that building next to Journey into Imagination, uh, right before it switched to the Disney Pixar Short Film Festival. Um, and for you younger fans, Captain EO uh, was actually there back in the 80s as well. It opened way back in 1986 and um, obviously it came back in 2010 and so its run was from 1986 to 1998 uh, and then they brought it back in 2010 and it ran through 2015 and you know the the main reason they brought it back um, you know Michael Jackson passed away and this was kind of a way to pay tribute to him and kind of you know kind of sounds bad but to kind of capitalize on his uh, you know, kind of resurgence of popularity, you know, people after they pass away, celebrities and artists like that, you know, they kind of become bigger after they pass away because everyone, you know, is, is back listening to their stuff. So that's when they brought it back. But yeah, it, it debuted back in 1986. And if you saw this film, uh, you know, they didn't do any changes to it. You, after you, uh, you know, you watched it, you're like, yeah, this definitely looks like 1986, um, this was a big deal, though, the Captain EO show, uh, obviously starring Michael Jackson. Uh, it actually uh, co-starred Angelica Houston, who's a big-time actress as well, directed by a big-time director, Francis Ford Coppola, who you know is best known for the Godfather trilogy. And it was written by none other than George Lucas, you know, of uh, you know Star Wars fame. So, so much going on, so much put into this. The budget, I believe, the budget for this. Uh, this 3D show back when it was made in the 80s was over 20 million dollars. Like that is unbelievable. Again, if you've seen it, hearing that 20 million dollars, you're like 20 million spent on what? Like, like, you know, it was obviously judging by my reaction. I'm not. I wasn't a huge fan of that show or attraction. You know, when I saw it, uh, I don't remember seeing it as a kid, but I definitely saw it twice. In that 2010 to 2015 range, uh, the first time, obviously, to see it because I had heard so much about it, and it's Michael Jackson. Uh, and the second time, uh, one of my friends came with me, and uh, you know he had to see it too, so that we could laugh at it together. Um, you know, obviously, judging from my reaction, not a big fan. Uh, it's it was very dated, very cheesy. Um, you know, the the story was really weird. You know, George Lucas. Kind of, it was kind of like a, a Star Wars ripoff with just weird creatures and space and tra- like space travel and stuff. And didn't like it. Uh, my sister actually kind of likes that one and quotes it all the time. And 
I can never tell if she's like serious or like making fun of it. But uh, you know, there's a there's a sector of people who really liked it. You know, probably if you're a huge Michael Jackson fan, or you grew up going to Epcot and, and seeing this attraction, you probably love it. But you know, they they had the big names: Michael Jackson, Angelica Houston, the director, the writer, the budget. And you know, it ran for a while. You know, it was there at Epcot for what 12 years, and then another five. And you know, it, it is what it is. It's, if you if you haven't seen it, I'm I'm sure it's available um, on YouTube. And you know, nothing against 80s you know movies or shows. I love 80s stuff, and just this one is just way too cringe for me. And you know, I I get the um, it, uh, cult following is is a phrase I would use to describe this attraction now. You know, because of Michael Jackson and the 80s nostalgic vibes, um, I believe that's probably the only reason why it's so popular. But, you know, it's like a, you know, a original story, at least, and it would follow, like, Michael Jackson in space, and he's got to fight a bad guy to save the planet and stuff, and, you know, your typical space battle, and it's, there's a lot of singing, and he does, like, a dance routine, and, uh, yeah, like I said, check it out on YouTube, but that was there before the Pixar Short Film Festival. And obviously I said that this ran to 1998 and not again till 2010. So what was there in the meantime? What filled that gap? One of my favorite attractions, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Now, if you're familiar with the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie franchise, this 3D show was, you know, kind of based around that. It was a new uh, kind of original story where you know, obviously, it revolves around, um, you know, Rick Moranis' character and his family accidentally shrinking you, the audience. And, you know, back in the day, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, like that franchise had a, uh, you know, it had the 3D show at Epcot. And they also had the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids playground um, at Disney's MGM Studios. So uh, a lot of Honey, I Shrunk the Kid, uh, you know, movie franchise uh, references in the parks and you know, obviously we haven't seen anything since the you know the show closed down they tore down the uh, honey i shrunk the kids playground it might have even been rethemed towards the end to maybe bugs life i i don't remember but I, uh it was obviously by the streets of america and it was torn down when they did all the um you know all the construction with the star wars land and everything but this show ran from 1994 till it closed in 2010 and you know what was great about it too was that area next to figment there like honey i shrunk the audience had its own like themed music and that music to this day is iconic to epcot if you've had any of the walt disney world official albums uh you know when you back in the day growing up like the cds and stuff where they had the actual park music Maybe I'll uh, add it in here, a little clip, so you uh, know what I'm talking about. But uh, that music always, always reminds me of Epcot. I can close my eyes and listen to it now and picture where I am in that park. And here's a little clip of it now if you're not familiar with it. So there's a good chance that you've heard that before. 
and there's a good chance that now you're sad that you're not at Epcot. Uh, but iconic music that you know was originally you know designed for that attraction. So basically, the uh, you know the breakdown of the story of this extinct 3D show. Um, Rick Moranis's character, Doctor Wayne Zelinsky, uh, he gets uh, he gets a scientific award. His whole family comes with to you know watch him receive this um, award. And guess who's giving it to him is Doctor Nigel Channing. Yes, that's right. Dr. Nigel Channing, who was later incorporated to the Journey into Imagination ride with Figment, uh, he originally was in this Honey, I Shrunk the Audience show. So I always thought that was pretty cool that they, uh, you know, Disney kind of connected those two attractions. And that's an example of Disney Imagineering at its finest, really going above and beyond and, you know, kind of being like, okay, we have these two attractions are right next to each other. Let's take our you know, existing character that we made up for this show, Dr. Nigel Channing. We can incorporate him and kind of have him play the same role in the, you know, when we redo the Figment ride and just, uh, always thought that was cool. But what I remember most about this 3D show is even before Muppets, um, for whatever reason, I always thought this one had the better special effects, like the 4D effects. Like this is where the 4D uh, really stuck out to me. I know, you know, in Muppets you have like the bubbles and stuff like that, but in this one, there's a few different instances. First, you know, there's uh, obviously stuff goes wrong with the uh, scientific award ceremony, and Wayne Zielinski's, you know, young son accidentally like turns on a machine and they shrink the audience. So you're shrunken down, you're tiny. There's a part where, like, the family dog kind of walks up and is, like, sniffing you. Then he sneezes on you and, like, you get sprayed with water. Like, that's, like, my first, you know, memory of, like, the 4D effects as a kid. It's getting sneezed on by a giant dog. Uh, there's another scene where a bunch of mice get loose. And you can, like, feel them running around your feet. And then, and uh, you know, people in the audience would just scream because it would scare the crap out of them. Uh, so I always remember that as well. And then what I thought was really cool is kind of towards the end, you know, you're obviously shrunken down and um, the Zelensky's young son kind of picks up the theater you were sitting in and kind of rips it up and the whole theater and stuff starts to move and shake and it actually feels like you've been picked up and you're getting like moved around and tossed around and stuff. And, you know, towards the end, the, the toddler puts you back down on the ground and uh, Wayne Zielinski uses his, you know, super technology ray gun to, uh, you know, kind of blow you up back to normal size. And it kind of ends with, like, one last, like, final joke where, you know, right before um, Dr. Zielinski, like, blows up the audience to normal size, like, the family dog runs across and gets included in that. So, like, the family dog turns out to be, like, a giant dog that's causing problems. And, you know, that's how the show ends. And, again, it... it I'm not sure if it's available on YouTube. If it is, check it out if you haven't seen it or if you've, you know, haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, you know, like I said, like that's where my kind of first 3D show memories are for me. Like I remember seeing this one before Muppets for whatever reason, and I always liked it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, I've uh, I've talked with a friend on uh, Instagram. We've messaged back and forth. Uh, we the one thing we talked about was like having like a retro themed Disney park. And if that ever was the case, I think I would want this uh, this 3D show in it for sure because you know it's got a lot of nostalgia to me it was a good show um you know it was kind of dated but in a good way not you know the the michael jackson eo i felt like was dated and just looked old whereas honey i shrunk the audience was you know it looked old but not not bad old and it was still a good entertaining show with the 4d effects and you know the problem the problem is too is they never really um, replaced it the right way. They closed it. They, uh, you know, they put the Captain EO show back in it. They closed that, and then they just threw together, you know, a, a uh, Pixar short film festival, and you know, just called it a day. And I'm really surprised they haven't put another 3D show in there, but hopefully soon. All right, I mentioned it a few moments ago. We might as well talk about it now. Let's head over to Disney's Hollywood Studios. And the 3D show that they have there, Muppet Vision 3D. Now this show, it's a debate, but this one could be like the most quoted uh, Disney attraction in my family. Like we quote this one way, way too much. Even like the way I said 3D, like that sticks in my head. Uh, there's all the jokes, all the, the puns, the one-liners, everything Kermit says, everything like the two old guys say. Uh, you know, some of the lines that uh, that we say to each other include, like, uh, don't you hate it when your nose runs, or bunny ran away. Like, we say the most random Disney, you know, quotes from attractions, but Muppet Vision 3D might have the most out of any of them. Uh, oh, also the one where uh, Sam Eagle's like, it's a, uh, it's called a salute to all countries, but mostly America. Like, stuff like that we've always found so funny. But this show debuted way back, May 16th, 1991. It's 15 minutes long, and it was directed by Jim Henson, the creator of The Muppets. So good to see that, you know, he had uh, a say in his creation. He was very hands-on with The Muppets and that franchise. You know, the, the Muppets are still pretty popular, I would say, now. But back in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, I would say they were definitely more popular. The Muppet franchise, they, you know, they had movies uh, like A Muppet Christmas Carol, Muppets Go to Space, like all these TV movies. There was cartoons, Muppet Babies, um, toys and action figures and all that stuff. So very popular when this opened in 1991. And, you know, we that was like the first thing that they had in the parks was the the Muppet Vision show and I believe part of the plan was to have like a uh, like a whole like Muppet themed land there that never panned out but we did get a 3D show out of it and it's still the same show that's running now which is you know pretty impressive and you know from start to finish it's a uh, it's a pretty enjoyable show again this one obviously kind of looks a little old uh, in certain scenes but you know, I think it still kind of holds up. It's still a fun show for everyone to enjoy, whether you've seen it a, a handful of times, the first time, or a million times like me. It's a, it's a pretty fun show, even if, you know, you just take little things from it, like the little one-liners or the music or, 
you know, you can uh, appreciate the, the almost like dad jokes, I would say. You know, but basically this show, they, uh, you know, Kermit takes you on a tour of Muppet Studios and we get to see all the Muppets, you know, Fozzie, Gonzo, Miss Piggy, Sam Eagle, um, you know, and as you're going on this tour, things start to go awry. Uh, Dr. Beaker and uh, Bunsen Honeydew, they accidentally create like a like a new character, like a new 3D character that gets out of control and is messing with the audience. Uh you know, there's a, a whole storyline where um, the bunny rabbit, uh, what's his name? Bean Bunny. Yeah, Bean Bunny, uh, you know, runs away because he wants to help out in the show and isn't allowed to. So he runs away. So you kind of get the sad factor. And I always thought that was kind of cool, too. You know, you get to see the, the Muppet character kind of come to life. When uh, he runs out asking if anyone has seen Bunny with a flashlight, uh, you know, the audience participates and you see like the little bunny animatronic up in the, uh, you know, the, the box seats in the corner of the theater. So a, a very well done show. You know, you have the 3D aspect of it. You have the brief animatronics. You have the old, old guys cracking jokes. You have the live action Muppet come out and actually you see move around. Um, even like the theater itself, like it's a big theater, like the design and the, the structural stuff, like it's, it's not cheaply done. Like they kind of went all out with this show, you know, even, um, even like the queue in the pre-ride show, uh, they put a lot of, uh, effort into, you know, it kind of seems like that one always takes forever where you're just kind of sitting in the, you know, the waiting area, you're watching all the monitors and it's almost like a, uh, a pre-show uh, countdown type thing going on and I know they did kind of update it a few years back after the second Muppets movie came out they added like a brief scene with the new you know Muppet character there's a there's a few funny scenes in that pre uh that pre-show area movie you know there's the one with uh Rizzo the Rat comes out as Mickey Mouse and you know just some some funny good humor um you know nothing to take too serious and, you know, out of the current 3D shows, it's, you know, it's not my favorite, but um, I would be sad if it was taken away because it's, it's a staple of, you know, Hollywood Studios. It's like one of the last remaining attractions from the MGM Studios that I remember. You know, it's been there the longest now, and I'm, you know, I'm really surprised they haven't, um, you know, changed it totally or kind of uh, updated it. You know, we had the two Muppet movies come out that were really mainstream you know, in the, uh, in the, you know, late 2010s. And I thought for sure that they would, you know, put a new Muppets 3D show in there, but you know, they never did. And who knows if they will, especially now with the addition of Galaxy's Edge, it just, you know, it kind of seems unfortunately like the Muppets are out of place, you know, where they're at there in the, uh, in the park, but you know, I, I've always liked it. it. There's a lot of nostalgia with it. Uh, you know, let me know what you guys think. Muppet Vision 3D, should it stay? Should it go? Uh, how do you feel about it? But let's move on to the next 3D show at Disney. We're going to head over to Animal Kingdom. I'm talking about, of course, It's Tough to Be a Bug. The 3D show starring Flick and the characters from the classic movie Bug's Life, a somewhat probably underrated movie. A Bug's Life. Um, you know, this is this is the only um, you know Bug's Life themed 
anything left in all the Disney parks, I believe. You know, uh, Disney's California Adventure, they had a uh, an entire, like, Bugs Life-themed land, which is I always thought was really cool. They had to make, uh, make room for the Marvel Avengers campus, so they, you know, tore that up and, and changed that. But, you know, Bugs Life, getting a lot of love here at Animal Kingdom, and it fits perfectly. You know, got to say right off the bat, it's so cool, you know, where it's located. It's literally located inside the Tree of Life. So, again, Disney making... You know, making use of room, you know, and putting a, uh, a an attraction right in the uh, centerpiece of their theme park there in the base of the Tree of Life. And this one, this one's been there since opening day. It opened, you know, in 1998. And I believe that the, uh, the 3D show, the ride opened before the movie was even released in theater. So uh, how many times in history has that happened? You know, imagine going to Disney and before this, you know, Bugs Life movie even comes out, you get to see like a, a little mini preview of it, you know, meet all the characters in this 3D show at Disney. But that's, uh, I've always thought that was pretty cool. You know, and this, this attraction, this is a cute one. I feel like another one that's, you know, enjoyable um, to all ages, whether you're a kid or, or an adult. Like I appreciate it just, you know, going through the queue and you're seeing like the, uh, like the parody movie posters that they have, you know, starring Bugs. Um, instead of the actual movie stars and movie titles. So, um, and again, you know, just being inside the tree of life to me now at this point in my life, like I nerd out over, over stuff like that. You know, the last time we went on it, I'm just like walking through the queue and I'm like, wow, like we're inside the tree of life right now. And it just kind of blows my mind, you know, kind of similar when you go on spaceship earth, um, or maybe I'm the only one that thinks this and like you get to the part at the very top. And if you look closely, you can kind of see like the lines of like the, uh, you know, the triangle pattern on when they built it. And you're like, wow, I'm at the top of Spaceship Earth. I'm at the top of the big metal ball that's so, you know, iconic. And you know, I kind of feel the same way here with this attraction. And, you know, I love that it's been there since opening day. And again, it doesn't feel dated. That's a big thing for me. Um, it still feels kind of fresh. It doesn't look old, you know, and I like too that they you know, they incorporated other things too. It's not just a 3D show. You know, you have the, uh, the, uh, brief appearances by the animatronics, you know, Flick, I believe. Uh, but the main one is Hopper, uh, which, um, that Hopper animatronic, I remember back in the day, it had to be probably around like, you know, mid two thousands. They did a, uh, a special on Disney World. They used to have like those TV specials, like on the history channel or the travel channel. And it might have been like the modern Marvels one where they talk about like the creation of Disney and like all this stuff. And they, there's like a whole section on how they built the uh, the Hopper animatronic. So I've always, you know, had a um, a place in my heart for for that one. Uh, but the right, it's the the show itself, I think, is a uh, an entertaining show. It's funny. Um, it's entertaining. You know, you have all the bugs kind of showing up, and it uh, you know kind of acts like a variety show. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, we're like. A different bug will kind of come on the screen and, you know, Flick talks about it and they kind of show off their different abilities, um, of course, in like a more humorous fashion. Uh, so a, a nice little story there, an original story. And, you know, basically the premise, you know, how, how hard it is being a bug, like they get a bad rap, humans are afraid or hate them. Um, and again, too, another pretty catchy song, maybe not as iconic as the Honey, I Shrunk the Audience one, but the... Um, uh, you know, the tough to be a bug kind of theme, the we're pollinators, um, 
has always been catchy. It's been uh, it's been on some of those Disney World official albums in the past. And I gotta say though, I think I think we're all thinking it. I think the most memorable thing about this entire show, correct me if I'm wrong, is the bee stings, the wasps. Now this is something um, maybe it's scarred in my brain from being like eight years old and going <laughs> and going on this attraction and watching this show and being being terrified that I just got stung by a bee. Uh, but I, th- I feel like that's the most memorable part of this, you know. Again, with the 4D effects, you get different ones. There's like the stink bug part. There's like uh, there's a part where you get like sprayed by acid um, by one of the bugs. But I, it's got to be the most memorable part is the bee sting. I, I feel like I'm not alone here. Like you're a Disney pro if during that part you kind of scooch forward in your seat a little bit to to avoid the fake beasting even now at 31 years old i'm kind of like yeah you know what maybe i'll just kind of scoot a little forward here in my seat so i don't get one of these in the back maybe that's just me maybe not but uh that's definitely one of my pro tricks and uh, maybe pretend to my family or my group that oh yeah got me too (laughs) you know and that all stems from being eight years old and being terrified. So that's where that comes from uh, in my mind. You know, now you got to wonder at this point how much longer this attraction is going to be there. Like I said, there's nothing left of Bug's Life anywhere. I know it fits perfectly in the park, Animal Kingdom. So, you know, I'd be fine if they kept it there forever, if I'm being honest. Um, but you know how Disney is. They love kind of updating and putting more modern uh, movies and and IP characters in their attractions. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what could replace it. I'm sure you know it's Animal Kingdom, something with animals or you know something like that. I'm sure they could easily find something from one of their movies. But if not, like I said, I'm fine them fine with them keeping it a uh, an entertaining show. Uh, it's been there since opening day. You know, Bugs Life good movie fits the theme of the the park so uh it's tough to be a bug uh it's a great show if you haven't seen it again check it out on youtube it doesn't really do it justice but at least you kind of know you know where i'm coming from and you kind of get a feel of how the show is uh and next time you're there if you don't want to get stung do the trick you know slide a little forward in your seat and last but certainly not least my personal favorite the magic kingdom I'm talking about, of course, Mickey's PhilharMagic, the 3D show in Fantasyland. And, man, this is a borderline perfect show. Now, this attraction originally opened in 2003. I remember it. This was a big deal to me because, you know, the show pretty much stars Donald. And I think they kind of promoted it that way. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, it was kind of promoted as Mickey's PhilharMagic starring Donald Duck. Um, and to me, Donald has always been my favorite character. Uh, so when I went for the first time in 2003, like I was pumped, um, to see this show and I was definitely not disappointed and it's, you know, it's a timeless attraction. Um, and just recently within the last year, they've kind of updated it and they added a new scene, uh, a scene from Coco. I haven't seen that yet. Um, I've heard it's, it's good. You know, it fits perfectly. You know, to me, I'm not necessarily against it, but, you know, I kind of wish they would have added something else. Now, if you're familiar with it, Mickey's Philhar Magic, they show scenes from Disney classic movies like Beauty and the Beast, Fantasia, Little Mermaid, Lion King, Peter Pan, 
and Aladdin. Now my problem is that Coco is part of that new generation, the new Disney Pixar movies, and all the other clips and scenes in this show are from classic Disney animation movies. To me, they should have kept it that way. Yes, you can update it, that'd be perfect, you know, keep it, keep it modern, add more stuff, keep it fresh. But add, you know, scenes from classic movies like, you know, Tarzan, Hercules, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Mulan. Like, you have plenty to choose from, you know, that fit that same theme, you know. And for some reason, they decided to go with Coco. Um, I'm not sure, besides the fact that they just want to, you know, promote that movie and that those characters and stuff. Um... But, you know, what about the classic movies, like I said, like, where's Mulan? Where's Hercules? Where's Tarzan? Um, I think they should have kind of kept it with that theme, the classic animated movie theme, you know, instead of adding the new school, you know, Disney Pixar Coco scene to it. But, like I said, it's still my favorite, and, you know, this one opened in 2003, and although that's a long time ago and makes me feel very old... It still makes it the newest of all the 3D shows at Disney. You know, obviously excluding the uh, Pixar short film one. But, you know, and before it was there in, you know, 2003, I was 13 years old. So I had been to Disney, you know, quite a few times um, to that point. And I really didn't remember what was there before Mickey's Magic. It's kind of become a staple you know, to Fantasyland there. It's, you know, right next to the carousel. You have the castle right there. I think it's in a perfect spot. And I had to look up because I couldn't remember. Um, you know, right before it was there, was there was a show there before that called Legend of the Lion King. Uh, it wasn't in 3D, but it was like a... Um, it was like a stage show with, like, puppets and cast members as, you know, some of the characters, like... I know there was like a, uh, you know, uh, a Rafiki walking around, but mostly like just like giant puppets and stuff and just kind of told the story of the Lion King. And I was really surprised like that was there from 1994 to 2002, which was really impressive to me. I really didn't have any, um, you know, memories of seeing that show. And before that, I've kind of mentioned it on um, previous podcast episodes but before the Lion King show, there used to be an attraction there called uh, the Mickey Mouse Review, which um, that one's on YouTube. That one's a trip. Um, that one was like all animatronics, all like Disney characters as an animatronics. It was basically like them putting on a musical um, for the audience, which, you know, it was there from 1971 um, to 1980. And then I think it switched to like Disneyland. Uh, and then eventually it ended up in, you know, one of the overseas Disneys. Um, but really nothing too, you know, memorable there until Mickey's Magic. So, and and the fact that they can kind of constantly keep updating it now, you know, they've added Coco. I feel like it's just a matter of time before they add a few other scenes. And they can just constantly, you know, update it and add more scenes and stuff. And, you know, keep this attraction in Fantasyland, while also kind of keeping it fresh for newer and newer generations. Now, before we hear from you guys and your favorite shows and your thoughts on Disney 3D shows, I was thinking out loud, like, what would be a good Disney 3D attraction? You know, they probably, for a 3D show, they're probably not going to 
um, you know, create an original story, um, you know, with, uh, with new characters and stuff. They'll probably use some sort of IP they already own, some movie, some characters they have, and, like, make a story out of that. And I've thought about this a lot. Ever since Honey, I Shrunk the Audience closed, and maybe even towards the end of its run, uh, when it felt really dated there, I always kind of thought an Incredibles-themed 3D show would be interesting. I think with the technology today, um, you know, you can make it your 3D, 4D, um, and, you know, if you've ever been to Universal, they had that Shrek 4D show, um, which is, you know, pretty similar, but the thing that was a little different was that, like, the theater and the seats would kind of move up and down during one of the scenes. I always felt like that would have been cool to use during, like, an Incredibles-themed 3D show, you know, you have a bunch of superheroes and stuff, you can definitely incorporate, like, the moving of the seats. Um, I thought there, you know, especially from that first movie, there was plenty of scenes and, and you know, um, character abilities that you could kind of, uh, you know, kind of use that 3D technology to your advantage and make it, you know, really, really fun. You know, maybe, maybe that would be something that would be more of one of those 3D attractions, like actual moving ride vehicles and stuff. In a sit-down 3D show, but that for some reason, like I've always thought, like a uh, an Incredibles show would have been good there, you know. And I kind of mentioned it earlier, but a uh, like a kind of newer school version of Mickey's Philhar Magic, I thought would be cool, where you use all of the newer Disney Pixar movies and create some sort of story using those characters. Um, you know, in Mickey's Philhar Magic, it kind of re revolves around Mickey and Donald and Donald's got to, you know, get Mickey's hat back and he goes through all these famous movie scenes. Like, maybe do something similar where you take a character and have them kind of meet up with other classic, like, Disney Pixar characters. You could have, you know, movies like Toy Story and, um, you know, Wall-E and Up and, like, all these newer, you know, not your classic animation movies and kind of, you know, capitalize on, like, the their iconic songs and moments and characters and stuff. You know, just the thought, you know, when <laughs> 2003 is the uh, newest 3D show and you have a, you know, a, a makeshift one there at Epcot next to Journey into Imagination. Um, you know, even, like, the movie uh, Inside Out, I feel like would fit great there, you know, next to Journey into Imagination. But, you know, it's cool to think like an Imagineer and uh, come up with these dream scenarios of attractions and shows that we would want to see. And of course, I had to get your guys' opinion on your favorite 3D shows, your thoughts on the shows at Disney. Um, so I put out a story on Instagram asking you guys what your favorite Disney 3D show was. Could be a current one, could be all time, could be at any of the other Disney parks. Um, so let's hear what you guys had to say. And starting us off, Allie M146 said Mickey's Magic. I'm sure we'll get a lot of those. N. Whitcomb said Muppet Vision. Some Muppet love there. Brendan Jecklin said 4K Magic is amazing, but Muppet Vision is special to me. I, I totally forgot that they um, you know upgraded the film and the high def stuff to uh, 4K, you know, to the to Mickey's Magic. Not just added the new scene, but you know made it more high def as well, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, Muppet Vision, yeah, same, same for me. Like, I have, like, like a nostalgic love for it, and like I said in the earlier in the episode, like, me and my family quote it all the time. Uh, some more love for Muppet Vision. 
Decal 28 said Muppet Vision. It's a classic. It really is. Um, like I said, like I'd be sad if it's uh, you know taken away. Brandon's at Disney said Captain EO from Disneyland was awesome. So yeah, yeah, I know there's gonna be some Captain EO fans. You know, it's just um, it's a niche group. It's you know everyone has their own personal opinion. And uh, you know, I think if I was more into Michael Jackson and his music, I think maybe I would have liked it a little better. Here's an interesting one from Sav Story. I don't like the new Coco scene in PhilharMagic. I haven't heard much about this yet. I really, I really, uh, you know, want to hear, uh, you know, what people really think. You know, I uh, I heard some reviews that it fits perfectly and stuff, but you know, I I'm not a huge fan of the movie, so for it to be incorporated in you know, my favorite 3D show, um, you know, it's going to take some getting used to for me. Amanda DeSanto, Seamoppin32, uh, Darth Dagan, and Emmy Belvin. Uh, you guys all said Mickey's PhilharMagic. Um, yeah, I think I think the popular opinion is going to be that it's the best one. Um, but I'm interested to hear, you know, with the new Coco scene, maybe that changes a little bit. Cursed P33 says Muppets, mi.disney.magic, and Need Dog. They both said Muppet Vision as well. So a lot of love for the Muppets so far. The Duchess of Disney said it used to be Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. So at least we got one person besides me who remembers and really enjoyed that show. Nolan Stocker and Joey Phillip, they both said Captain EO. So again, a lot of love for the Michael Jackson show. And for our last one, Shorty2679 says, it's tough to be a bug. No wait, Mickey's PhilharMagic. Uh, I know the feeling because, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to choose just one. Um, but, you know, really, you know, there's there's only a few shows at Disney, so you really can't go wrong on whichever one is your favorite. Um, luckily, scrolling through all of them, um, none of you guys said the Pixar Short Film Festival one. <laughs> um, I've yet to meet anyone who actually likes that. You know, maybe maybe like little kids don't mind it, um, but if you're older and you know, especially if you're around my age, it just you know it definitely seems like a filler attraction there. But you know, a lot of love for the Muppets and Mickey's PhilharMagic, and even Tough to Be a Bug. So always glad to see that. And that pretty much wraps up this week's episode. My uh, got to cut it a little short here. My microphone died, uh, so that's why the audio is going to sound a little different here. Um, but again, thank you for stopping by and listening. Whether you are a new listener or a returning listener, I appreciate all you guys. And if you ever have any Disney thoughts, comments, opinions, whether it's on my podcast, on Disney in general, shoot me a message on, on, uh, on Instagram, Disney World Today. Um, I pretty much reply to everyone. Um, you know, I just love talking Disney with you guys. And again, if you can, do me a favor. Head to the iTunes, um, you know, the, the podcast page. If you go to my homepage... And leave me a rating and a review. I'll appreciate it. And I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode if you leave me a review. But that's all I got. I hope everyone has a magical week. And always remember, it all started with a mouse.
Thank you.